When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. What's up, Movie Tree Schmodown fans? Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown, the official episode of the Movie Tree Schmodown. My name is Brad Goodwood. You might know me by another name. You might know me as... Oh, my God. You're my three for sure. Can I get a great Scott? Great Scott. <laughs> Just because I felt like it. All right? And I'm joined by the man, the myth, the Athletic Club 1965 member. I'm reading his t-shirt. Frank. Jenga Janish, a.k.a. West Coast Ray. Sexy numbers from a sexy player. Love those numbers. Sexy numbers. I love those numbers. I'm Thank feeling you. really good about those. Oh, I'm feeling those numbers. You still, you still can't hear it, Brad? I, I, that's incredible. Like, You still can't hear it. The beat, the rhythm, the rhyme. It's rundown time. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> The beat, the rhythm, the rhyme, it's rundown time. Who are you? Cool runnings. Who are you? Cool runnings. Have you ever have you ever um written a rap? Have I no, not on purpose. Not on purpose? Yeah. You've never made the attempt. I feel like everyone's made the attempt. Maybe I have, but not that I can recollect and I guess if I did that means it wasn't good. Yeah, it probably sucked. Yeah. If you can't remember yeah. it, right? Did you like pen and paper it, put a beat on, and try this out? See if this was your your calling. You know, I probably used a marker instead, not you know, not a pen. And I probably, you know, I may have, I may have done that. But I doubt it though. But if I did, okay. Like I said, it probably wasn't good. It was probably um, taken from other raps. That mm. I try to use my own. Yes, I was a biter. I was a biter. 
And, I'm not uh, a biter. I'm a writer for myself and others. If I say a big verse, I'm only bigging up my brother. Just like you up my always burrow. quote Jay Z. You know, it's like I'm big enough to do it. I'm that thorough. Or whoever look, else. Look, you know. look, 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 Listen to the boat. Because <laughs> people said that Jay Z was stealing Biggie Small's rhymes, right? So that's why he said, "I'm not a biter. I'm a writer for myself and others." And I don't even write for myself. I wrote for other people too. If I say a big verse, I'm only bigging up my brother. I'm bigging up my borough. They're both from Brooklyn. I'm big enough to do it. I'm that thorough. Plus, I know my own flow is foolish. That guy is on a different level. So good. So good. Well, Frank Janish, so those rings and things you sing about, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bell rails in your mouth. Let's talk about the movie trivia showdown from this week. Um, speaking of raps and SEN, did you see Christian rap, that thing? I saw Christian rap. I saw RB3 rap, WAP, mm-hmm. which was... Um, Very interesting. That's a word I, that you could use to describe what transpired that day on SEN Live. Nonetheless, it was entertaining as hell. Um, man, just... What a, what a song. What a song. <laughs> it's a very interesting, uh, very interesting uh, number. <laughs> yeah. yeah very catchy tune although like if you're gonna sing it why why just go full explicit at that point i mean SEN live is already to begin with so he went he went the went and gushy route he could have just you know i can't say yeah. what it is because we're a, mm. not that type of show but we're not we're not and all. that's a good thing yeah very good thing we shouldn't be that kind of show no i don't think we should i mean yeah I mean, Your mom I, watches this show, right? Right, right. And uh, we don't want to upset the moms, you know, or, you know. We love the moms. We do. I'm a big, we do. I'm a big Mama Janice I'm sure fan. You, you know, does, doesn't any of your family watch this or no? No. No. No, yeah. They don't support you in any form or fashion, which is. I mean, I mean, I have support, but, you know, they're like, is that the show you do with Frank? Okay, that's a skip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, so they do know of me? That's nice. Yeah, they do. Yeah, okay. I mean, I can't lie about that one. Yeah, I know. Like my mom always tells me, like, "What's wrong? With, what's wrong with that Brad character?" I'm like, "Mom, relax. I'll take care of it." You know. So. Yeah. Everybody yeah. asks that question. Yeah. Especially everybody who watched coming up next this week. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Is this uh, is this Brad or is this uh, Jessica? No, it's definitely Brad. But. Uh... Yeah, it's me. It's me. Um. Or maybe you. Know, that was you all along, and now you're actually. This is you know. You, you dress up as Brad. I don't true. know. Who knows? It's true. So there I am in my bathroom putting on a lady's blouse, a black wig, and a beanie. And I looked at myself in the mirror and said, this was not my intention when I got into show business. <laughs> right? This right. was not my intention. And then I'm sitting there, and RB3, our illustrious producers, counting us down. All right, 10 seconds. And I literally say, and then I ended up repeating it on the broadcast, but right before we, you know, it's six, five, four, I said, this is it. Don't get scared now. <laughs> Two, one. Oh, my God. I was so nervous about about revealing myself, and I, and I said I almost – Someone said it great in the comments. They said, uh, Brad slash Jessica looks like uh, 
Jay and Silent Bob as one character. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's actually really comment. great. It's a great true. comment. That is a, that's a yeah. I could not agree more. Yeah, some people were saying Gothic Brett Michaels. Um, I got I got a few. I got a few really funny ones. And then uh, then Jen Sturger dressed as the boat. Yeah, I saw that toward toward the end. And someone said she looks like an extra from Cats before the CGI. <laughs> Oof. Oh no. Oof. Well, we're not here to talk about all that. We're here to talk about the movie trivia, Smow Down, the game and sport that you know and love so very much. Frank Janish is here. Brad Gilmore is here. We're going to talk about the matches that were. But before we do, Frank Janish, there were a couple of other unofficial movie trivia schmodown matches that happened this week or challenges that were made. Now, one was on coming up next. We uh, had Brett Sheridan on, and in preparation for his match upcoming with Kevin Smith, we asked him three Kevin Smith trivia questions about his movies just to see what his baseline would be. How did that go? I don't know if you I don't know if you saw it. No. He went perfect. Wow. Brett got every single question right. It was phenomenal. And then Brett thought it would be a good idea to flip the script and he asked us questions about the Brett Sheridan wheel slide. <laughs> what state he was born in? Nebraska. Where he met Christian? LA. Oh, that doesn't count. He met Christian at a club. In L.A.? Club. Oh, uh-huh. Comedy Store? No. No. I don't remember the name of it, but okay. it was it was some club where that woman from Bring It On flashed Christian. And then um, he asked, who is the only one of his family that watches SEN Live? Mama Sheridan. Mama Sheridan, yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, so I got two out of three. You went same with us, two for three. Yeah, yeah. two for three as well with Brett. But there was also something that you officiated. Yeah. Um, on on WWE backstage, on Schmodown backstage, that featured Ben Bateman and Sam Levine in a trivia battle. Now let me ask you this first: Why were you on backstage this week? Yeah, I don't know either. I I, I turned on my computer and uh, someone was trying to call me, so I clicked. Yeah, I'll accept these charges and. Uh, I showed up on backstage, and uh, no, I think yeah, I was I was on there talking a little bit about some stats about how the league has progressed and and uh, level of play, and and then all of a sudden, before I know it, uh, the show which had a goal uh, that if they reached I forget what how much how much in donations that they would they being Sam Levine and Ben Bateman would play a 10, 10 question movie release date exhibition match type of thing. And before I knew it, um, I was asking some movie, movie release date questions to both of them. Now, Brad, I was not mm-hmm. prepared. I've been told that I wasn't ready to read questions in a movie trivia setting, uh, but it was thrust upon me, and I thought I met the challenge pretty well. So, And the match was actually really great. You can find it up on the Cliffs channel or just watch the whole backstage episode. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of fun, though. A lot, a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah. I mean, can we spoil who won or... No, I don't think we should. We shouldn't. But I tell you this: uh, if you have not watched it, I don't know what you're doing not watching that. Mm-hmm. It's only ten minutes, people. It's only ten minutes. And I thought I had a pretty, well, you know, I, I tweeted it out and posted it. So if you haven't seen it yet, you should. That's all. I'm, should. That's all I'm saying. And then you share should. it around, you know, to your friends and family. Yeah. Spread the um, word. It was pretty entertaining to watch. It was really cool to see. Now, also, there was an unofficial gauntlet thrown down. 
from a man who got a lot of conversation out of you and I this last week, William. Am I am I paused? No, you're you're. Oh, playing. okay. <laughs> my whole my whole computer just froze. Like oh. everything froze, but now I see everything again. So, um, we saw William the Beast Bibiani, who was very uh, noticeable by his absence in the horror free for all. Go against uh, or make a challenge to go against Adam Collins in a horror Iron Maiden match is what they were calling. Well, because it's horror, it's an Iron Match, whatever. But uh, yeah, the challenge was thrown out there on Twitter, and and then Adam Collins responded saying, "Sure, yeah, I'll do it." And then the league responded saying, "No, no, you won't. <laughs> we're not going to do that." And then so when uh, you say and the was league, it. yeah. The movie really? trivia showdown. That's that's what I mean. Is there someone specific that you're? Well, I mean, there's so many people that make this show operate on a weekly, mm-hmm. if not mm-hmm. daily basis, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it would be unfair to single any one person out, uh, just because it would be. It's hard to say who does what, who has what say, and you know all the backstage politics. So uh, I'd rather not try and figure that out. So I just say. The league. The league. Yeah. Okay, so you're not referring to anybody. No, 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 no. Not at all. Not at all. No. What was that? What? Did you say something? Uh, yeah, I said not at all. Not at all. Oh, yeah, right before that. No, nah, I didn't say anything, Christian. Wait, wait, wait. What was that? What did you just say? What? I, didn't say I didn't say anything. What? I didn't say anything. The end. Christian. Wait, wait. I'm hearing something. I swear that I am. But regardless weird, of that, weird, weird. I don't know why. Maybe it's some feedback in my in my headset. Um, uh, regardless of that, Christian, it, I, let's talk about the um, the match itself, though. Why don't you think it should go on? Oh, that's not I, – I mean, it could happen, but uh, – Would you be an advocate for it? An advocate for it. That's an interesting way of, of phrasing that, Brad. Is it? Yeah, it is. Frank, I, we're not watching election returns. Talk like a human being. No, it's. I've had a, oh, well, that's an interesting question. Well, if we look at Macon County right now, we can uh, see <laughs> clearly that. Well, yeah, yeah. With ninety nine percent of the vote in, uh, no, we can't make I'm, a prediction. I'm not the biggest fan of Iron Man matches per se. You um, aren't. I'm not, and, I, and I've said historically, this you're pretty accurate on that. Yeah, I've said that in the past. Uh, it's got to be the right mm-hmm. type of thing. While I do think that if we were going to do one, a horror, a horror Iron Man match, Iron Maiden, whatever you want to call it, I think would lend itself pretty well between Bibbs and Adam Collins. But I, I think the idea that we, we look, if the Star Wars Iron Man match didn't go the way that it went, there's no way we would have done another one. There's just no way, right, and I feel right. like we're keep chasing that mythical match again. It's it's almost never going to happen, and that's okay because that little that match lives in its own time and, and place, and it's awesome and legendary, and it just lives there, and, and that and that's great. So after we got the the, the Patriots one, which I did, the Patriots above the line one, I wasn't really a big fan of that one. But then in the exhibition realm, we had the Jurassic Park, and that was pretty great. That got pretty close, yes, actually, to the Star Wars type of one. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Um, I like the I like more of 
the buildup, a year-long buildup, if you will, between mm-hmm. Bibbs entering the next Horror Free For All, which I think we should have. Mm-hmm. I, I think we should have a Horror Free For All next year. I'm, I'm sold on that as well. Yeah. Um, and, and let's build up the anticipation that Bibbs will be in it and Adam Collins will be in it. And, and let's build up that hype, you know? And let's, hey, actually, let's make Adam Collins and William Bibbiani in the in the first round they go they're in the first round and let's see what happens and now now they got to fight off everybody else right they're so great you know and even right. mark edward hoyk no one's saying anything about edward hoyk mark edward hoyk. Wait, we talked about hoyk now let me he ask did. you this we talked about hoyk coming up next would you would you consider him uh, a sleeper pick like a secret weapon sleeper pick for the draft yeah absolutely i think He's been pretty solid in his play in team play. Um, I think he still has, perhaps I don't know what he's been doing this year behind the scenes with corruption with Shannon. You know, he only had one opportunity this year alongside Ilya Dewberry, so we don't really know. So he's, we've seen him very limitedly, and I'm curious to see what kind of jumps he's taken in terms of knowledge of the game, how to play the game, as well as just his overall moving knowledge. I think is. I don't know if that's ever really been questioned. He's just gotten bad luck, bad time. I mean, he's played in high-scoring matches, and he's come out on the opposite, on, on the bad end of things, which eventually I would like to think would turn around for a player like him. Um, and there's a couple of players we'll talk about in this, in this match we'll cover that I think could fall follow the same suit. So I think I definitely think because we, there's not so much tape on on Hoyk and the fact that he hasn't played a whole lot or you know it's not visible. Um, a whole lot in the league. I definitely think he could be a sleeper pick, someone that in the draft may not be taken or picked until the second or third round, which, you know, that's we're looking at player 30, or maybe almost 40-something at that point after, you know, the, the pre-free agency, or pre-draft free agency and all that stuff. So, uh, or he may surprise and get picked up by somebody. Who knows? But uh, before mm-hmm. the draft, so... Uh, I wouldn't be too surprised about that, but he definitely could be a secret weapon for someone next year. Yeah, I think that uh, he would be a smart pickup for anybody who wants to go ahead and get there because the way I look at it is, let's just say this year, as far as the specialty matches, we'll call them, of, of, of what we got this year, repeats into next year, and we get another Star Wars tournament, an inner geekdom tournament, and a horror free-for-all. Let's just say... Okay, well, then if you're a smart manager, you're going to start trying to look at who can I get to compete in those three things, right? A lot of people already have their IG shored up. Not everyone has a Star Wars player. Um, most have one that's serviceable, but maybe not elite. And horror is a, it would be a new wrinkle to the game plan for, for any manager. When you think about it, you're like, okay, who am I going to get in singles, teams, intergeekdom, Star Wars, and now horror? It really makes you start thinking about, you know, if you are a general manager of a basketball team, who's my point, who's my shooting guard, who's my power forward, who's my shooting forward, who's my five, and who's my six man, right? I mean, it starts making you think that way. Who my star and who my role players, right? And I, I would like that wrinkle added. I would like some sort of official declaration prior to the draft um, if we're going to have those three things occur again, which... I think that we should. I'm 100% advocating for a IG tournament final at Collision. That then you will know who the um, or somewhere around there, and 
or maybe it begins at collision, something like that. And then that way we know who the contender is at Spectacular. And then same for Star, Star Wars. And then uh, horror, the horror one is just a one-off specialty match, right? Um, let me ask you this, though. If they had the horror free-for-all, would they, would they get rid of the other free-for-all? No, no, I don't think you should. Um, I don't think you should either. And also, I think, just in general, I think if you picked up Mark Edward, Edward Hoyk, he'd not only be good for the horror free-for-all, I think he'd be pretty good for a regular free-for-all. Uh, so Could they change the horror free for all into like a battle? So you know the difference between a royal rumble and a battle royal? Not particularly. So so a battle royal came first, right? Mm-hmm. And it was all the wrestlers started in the ring at the same time. Okay, everybody's in at the same time. And then Pat Patterson was the guy who's like, "Hey, what if we do a battle royal in reverse, where two guys start and then one guy comes out every like two minutes?" Right. Mm-hmm. That was the idea of the royal rumble. So what if they could turn the horror free-for-all into, like, a battle royal where it's a digital thing, right? We can keep it digital, and you can have ten guys on the screen at once or, or, or eight guys at the screen at once or something like that and, and, and do it that way to see it's just like it's – like it's like a big, long Iron Man match, essentially, so with no time limit. It just goes until there's the one clear-defined winner. What do you think of that? Off the top of my head, I think it's an interesting idea to to really think about more. I'm not really, I don't know. I'm not against it. I'm not straight out against it. But, um, yeah, it could be interesting. I'd be interesting to, be. to, to kind of to like try and switch up the free-for-all format a little bit. Um, especially if, what's interesting, though, now is with this horror free-for-all, even though it was a limited field of 18, which is about like half of what we have a normal um, free-for-all, it was worth points, Mm -hmm. right? Will next year's general free-for-all be worth points? And if it is, is it worth more than three? Because maybe it's a larger field, um, you know, it's a little bit more difficult, per se. So I wonder if if that free-for-all is maybe worth four points or, you know, whatever. So, um... I don't know, and then if because if you're then switching up formats and stuff, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, we still gotta. The the main thing we need to figure out next season, or the league needs to figure out, is <clears throat> the point structure and championships. Like, what is mm-hmm. going to be the the ultimate goal? Well, I do know that, uh, and I think Christian has put this out in the, in the Facebook group or tweeted out that there will be some adjustments with the point system, especially with like title matches and whatnot. Um, I'm sure all that will be confirmed and revealed maybe at Spectacular or thereafter. Maybe before, I'm not sure. Um, but I know those. that's definitely going to be something that's implemented and, and, and adjusted based on what happened this year and whatnot. So, and how that affects, you know, people's views on title matches, I think will definitely then change things. So, um, I understand people like to talk about it right now, but I think... Mm-hmm. Um, you can certainly go ahead and do that, but I, but just know I think that uh, there's will be change coming, and whenever it's announced, you know, then then that's another time to really dig into what do we think of it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, man. Let's um, let's get into the matches though. Let's get into the matches. We had one this week. It was a play-in match for the team's tournament. You saw the witching power, um, it really form for the first time, and I really enjoyed it versus um. I want to call them the odd couple, but it's not the odd, the misfits. Yeah. 
um, versus the Misfits, of course. Uh, my man Z Adam, what did you think of? What did you think of these teams individually? Because these are the first times that we're really seeing them work as a collective um, in a competitive format. What did you think of first the Misfits coming into this match? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm talking about really overall. Like, did you like how they worked as a team? Oh, okay. Are there a lot of Are there a lot of gaps there in your opinion? Like, what do you think overall? I know that they they spoiler they didn't get the win, <laughs> right? But right. but but what do you think of them as a unit? I think they're they're a team that has a lot of potential that we just don't know if they'll be afforded that opportunity, right? I think when you look at their the first round play as players it makes sense that you know they performed the way that they did in this match you know both had seven points 14 for the round uh when you get into second round where they had some troubles there uh with their own category and the witching powers category i definitely think they're still probably one of these teams that that at least right now you know they're one of these teams that has to hit a specific category to really knock it out of the park. Otherwise, they're going to really struggle through through whatever category they get if it's not within the realm of their wheelhouse. Uh, I was getting some, in terms of how they were figuring out, you know, what the answer was. I did get some like really faint Shazam vibes of kind of the, the neurotic nature in which they were trying to like figure out how they wanted to convey their answer. So I still think there's some communication issues. Not per se issues, but things to iron out and how they deliver answers and how they deliberate. I understand it's an online format, so it's kind of all a work in progress. Uh, but from what I saw from them, I liked the way that they were working through questions and um, checking down multiple choice, which they had to do four times in this match, um, only successful two times uh, for two points. Uh, and then third round, uh, you know, I think. Yeah, that's always, that's always a crapshoot, and we can get into that discussion a little bit later. Yeah, um, I, I was initially impressed. Now, you and I have both been big proponents of Adam, uh, Adam, but but more so Eric Zipper, right? I mean, we we yeah. really liked uh, Adam Witt. I love him as a personality in the movie Trish Mode. I think he's a really knowledgeable guy. And in Star Wars, he was really giving guys runs for their money. But when it comes to um, the, the strength, I think in singles at least of this team, not singles, general trivia. In this team, I, I give it to Eric Zipper. We saw what he did against Paul Preston, which was a big surprise to a lot of people, myself included. I was on the desk for that. And um, he's really shown up big. The match that he had with Stacy was a phenomenal one. Even in defeat, he looked like a superstar, right? Or he looked like he could be a superstar. So I, I like them together. It, it There were obvious gaps there. Now, some people I saw in the comments sections and Twitter and the places that we like to complain about things was that the director's questions that they got in round two were way too deep and difficult. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. And the reason is, is if you look at some of the franchises that were discussed or movies that were discussed, first, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, it's right. a classic. Right. It's a classic film. Uh, Gene Wilder. Everyone has seen that movie either in theaters or in every year when you were in school. They always played Willy Wonka and the Chocolate At least when I was in school... When they, you remember when they would bring in the cart? They had the TV like strapped to it with the, with the yeah. VCR underneath yeah. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So every time the cart was coming in, I was like, okay, come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Right. I knew that was coming. So 
that to me is like that should be one you get if you're studying movie trivia. I didn't know it, but I just talk about it. I don't study it. The other one was the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, not yeah. an easy pull. And I think they did. They end up getting that one. They did. Yeah, that was on multiple choice. Yeah. yeah. The Rob Cohen. Yeah, I mean, so that one, to me, that seems like one that you should get. Even through multiple, you should get it. And then uh, I think the other one was a Maleficent yeah. question that, that they missed on. I could give you a little bit more on that because it's recent and not the most popular film in the world. So the director doesn't really jump out at you. I did like what the question writers did where they threw in Rob Marshall as a potential uh, multiple choice. The right. reason I thought that was interesting was because Rob Marshall – has done a lot of Disney films as of late, uh, including Pirates of the Caribbean, the fourth one, I believe, and he also did um, uh, Into the Woods, right? Uh, I believe. Now that's off top, but that's what I thought when I saw the um, when I saw the question. So that was a good kind of curveball there. Shout out to PJ and Abby or whomever else is writing the questions. Shout out to you. But having said all that, I thought that. The director's questions should have been ones that they were more easily able to get. And I kind of think that that really shifted the momentum in this match. When you have to go to multiple choice as much as they did in that second round and come up with as little points as they did when they went to multiple choice, normally that could that could turn it. Now, Perry and them, I don't believe that they got the Willy Wonka question either. No, that no, They yeah. swiffed on it. Yeah, her but, and Haley, but yeah, never, nevertheless... I don't think that they were unfair director's questions by any stretch. I don't know if you saw that same criticism, but I, I definitely saw it out there. Yeah, I saw some of that, but I didn't really have a whole lot of problem with that set of the questions. It was a little bit, some of them a little more deeper cut. I, yeah, you could say one way or the other. Um, I think you kind of laid it out pretty well there in terms of the mm -hmm. movies and franchises that they covered. You, you would like to think, you know, they could they could get those. but And uh, they were also very gettable questions because they're not exactly... Um, as you as you would say, um, obscure movies like for say like let let's say like the one that they got in the final round, uh, their third for their three pointer is, um, but yeah, even we'll still, which, yeah, but still, witching power um, <clears throat> couldn't pull off you know um, a majority of those uh, couldn't pull off that steal, um, so yeah, it, it was it was a brutal round for both teams really. I mean, yeah, Misfits they only got six of twelve possible. Um, points in that round, which is not good, just not good. And and they did the right strategic thing of of going to multiple choice. But here's the interesting thing about Misfits having directors is that Kaiser he even warned them like, hey, this might go in a direction that that, that you might think you know, but this could get a little deep for you guys. And they're and they were both fairly mm -hmm. confident in their abilities to take on that that category. Actually. I feel pretty confident with Adam Witt when it comes to directors more so than Eric Zipper. That's not to say I don't think Zip could do it, but I was like, well, they have Adam, and, and Zip's not bad, so I think, yeah, they could probably handle it. And I suspect maybe that's why Kaiser didn't put up too much of a fight. But he did point it out. And had they spun away, odds are they would have hit disastrous to digital wheel, so we would assume the next second spin, which was right after, is disaster. So how would they have done a disaster? I don't know. And then the witching power gets Kurt Russell. Then they probably spin away from that because they even said that's the one category they did not want to get and they got it. So, uh, again, we always play the what if game of what if they did this, what if they did that. But I think um, I, I, I got to give um, some, some props to Kaiser there for saying, hey, this might not go the way that, that you want to think it might go. And uh, it turns out he was right. 
Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, it it didn't break his way. So if you want to, should we get into this third round now? Well, real or you quick, start with this... the first round, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, yeah, just real quick in the first round, not a whole lot to get into because yeah. they, they both both teams played really well. Uh, yeah. Everyone scored seven points except for Perry. Um, she had six, so still both great first rounds. Mm-hmm. And you know, for for the winners of this match, the Witching Power, uh, you know, thirteen points. And if I'm looking ahead to Founding Fathers, that's what they're going to need to hang around with them. So mm-hmm. for both these teams to come out the way that they did first round, it's a great sign. Um, now, it's just if they had time to build on that, because we don't know what the future is, then we can kind of get more excited one way or the other uh, about about these teams. Um, but getting to that second round for Witching Power, spinning away from disaster, landing on Kurt Russell, something they didn't want. Horrible round. They only pick up three points. Um, on their own questions. They got a one-point steal from the Misfits, which was something. Um, but at the end of two, 24-17, to 17, Brad. And when you're looking at um, a deficit of that magnitude. Right. Seven points, right? So the... the I had it just... I had it right here. The... Record. That's on the tip of his tongue. The record. I want to say on the top of my thing is six, which it it is sort of, but it's really five in the modern era. Uh, um, uh-huh. Superhero news and track track overcame a uh, fifteen to ten deficit. And recently, uh, look at Crimson Fury versus Loose Cannons in that tournament. Crimson Fury was down to Loose Cannons, twenty three to eighteen. Remember that was a team of Paul Oyama and Eric Zipper. So. Once again, Eric Zipper is now subject to the the uh, biggest comeback and the second biggest comeback, especially in the modern era of Showdown, with the five and uh, this was a seven point um, deficit. So, yeah. yeah, seven points. Typically, in the movie series Showdown, in terms of the movie series Showdown. Uh, although I don't like this term, in terms of the movie, it's a it's a death sentence, right? Like yeah. it's 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 pretty much it's a wrap, right? It, it's hard it's hard to come back from that, um, and 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 the stats hold true on that. That's one of the things that the numbers will not lie about. Yeah, your polling data is correct, Frank. <laughs> in the uh, I mean, in the modern uh, era, there's only been one. We, again, there's only been one comeback of five points uh, that was Crimson Fury, but then there's only two comebacks of four points. Uh, that was loose cannons actually versus the Looney Bin and the Patriots over above the line twenty seven twenty three but that was a a different scenario there now now I, I I'm curious though if those numbers will still hold as we go to our correspondent in Macon County in Georgia <laughs> let's see if the well the data is real close man it's like forty nine and a half forty nine and a half it all depends um, on the counties Brad it all depends on it, the counties it, it's really it really comes down to the counties yeah I think that's what we've learned um, <laughs> but uh. Yeah, it, it it didn't work out their way. Um, what do you think the Witching Power's chances are, though, advancing to the next round? Because their play-in one isn't a favorable matchup, in my estimation, for them. Yeah. Well, what's here's what's not going to happen is the Founding Fathers are not going to whiff on all three final round questions. No. Um, they're not going to find themselves in a... I mean, Witching Power could find themselves in another seven-point hole if, if they get another round that they're just not great in. So, I, Founding Fathers are the Founding Fathers. They've only missed, in their eight-match run so far, they've only missed two second-round questions in, in their matches. 
uh, that is Dan Merle and John Rocco. So there's no room to even make up any kind of de- deficit if the witching power were to fall behind, which I wouldn't be all that shocked that, that, that they did against the Founding Fathers. Um, but again, if the witching power gets a category that is favorable to them, I suspect that they can hang in there and make a run of it, at least into the final round. And I don't know that they're going to get... Uh, and look, I'm, I'm kind of in Kaiser's camp here. A Titanic question of an actor who's pretty much like the third most prominent actor in, in, as he put it, the most popular film of all time. I understand is great. Like Billy Zane has like, and then, and then you get the photograph. I understand where Kaiser's coming from for zipper. I really do. Uh, but man, I mean, I get it, but, but also it's tough. Um, it's tough, man. It's rough. I'm a big Billy Zane guy. As you know, yeah. I'm a big Billy Zane fan. Bam. Um, he was in back to the future. On the 35th anniversary of Back to the Future, he actually auditioned for the role of Biff, and you can see his audition tape on the new um, 35th anniversary wow. Blu-rays. Yeah, you can also see Ben Stiller read for Marty McFly. Um, pretty interesting stuff. You can hear more about this in my book, Back from the Future, wow. Celebration of the Greatest Time Travel Story Ever Told, available uh, at all retailers, including now Target. So go pick you up a physical Big box copy store. All right, good for you. You know, brother... Um, Mike Kalinowski actually is the only the only person. So I haven't been to a bookstore since the pandemic. He went to a bookstore and he's like, "Hey, I'm in Barnes and Noble in Burbank, I saw and that your picture. book's on the shelf." Yeah, I saw that yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So shout out to Mike. Um, I'm a big Billy Zane fan, not only for Back to the Future, The Phantom, one of my favorite movies of all time as well. So um, anything, anytime Billy Zane is mentioned in anything, I'm a fan of it. But uh, I see what Kaiser's coming from. I do, but we've talked. How many times are we going to talk about this? I know. I don't really about? want to talk about this, it either, but like this one. This is the way it breaks. This one, I I fully understand. And look, to me, now I don't know this which way or the other, but to me, watching the match, Kaiser looked genuinely hot about it. He looked genuinely he hot about it. And and him ending the call or whatever happened there at the end, that I don't think that was played for. You know, hey, hey, you know, you lost the match. You think we can do this time? No, I think he really was just like he was he was PO'd at that point. I get it. It's been a rough year for the dungeon, man. <laughs> Are they dead last? Yeah. Well, I think uh, Burning Drukes or yeah, they're they're dead last. Let me ask you this: Do you think that they hold on to this strategy that they had coming into the, coming into this year of let's get some rookies, let's get some IG blood, and let's try to moneyball this thing? Because anything that still sounds insane, like okay, we go to the Houston Astros, right? These are my reference points. Twenty seventeen, they won the World Series. The, a couple years prior to that, they were the most losing team in baseball as they started to switch over to this purely analytical model, right, of playing the game. It paid off, right? Now I know I'm going to get the inevitable comments of, oh, they cheated, oh, go someone, go get your trash can. You know, the trash can jokes are kind of like the Oak, Roka old jokes. Yeah. They're not really funny. Um, <laughs> We've run its well, course on minute, it. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, they got... The Roka old jokes, it took like a few years for that to get old. The Astros, Astros won, won the World Series three years ago. Yeah, but the cheating scandal came out when? It's, it hasn't been that long. When, when did the cheating scandal come out? It doesn't matter. When did the cheating though, scandal come out, Brad? Three years. We got, you got another two three years. years. You got ago. another two years of they penance. won three years Because look, ago. you guys didn't actually even play a real season where fans are in the stands. So until that happens, you got to go through one year of that. 
And then after that, we oh no no that friends. that's already done. You know what? Really, the <laughs> pandemic came at a great time for the Houston Yo, Astros. It, did. it really did. It really did. It came at a great I think, time. I think for they them. started the coronavirus. COVID is yeah, that what you're, you're going to so. pedal that? Really? You're gonna, no, that's what you're going to do? No, no, that's irresponsible. Okay. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but uh, um, I yo, I just wonder if they stick with the money ball strategy because normally it takes several years for it to pay well, off. Kaiser said at the end of the match, you know, we got to switch things up. So uh, I don't. Think that doesn't so. mean uh, he's going to abandon strategy. It just means he can abandon personnel. Because yes and no, I think I I think Kaiser. If you listen, if you listen to the backstage, you know he was talking about which I actively avoid. Right, right. Um, I only because we're the only show that matters. Yeah. <laughs> Kaiser said, you know, I try to I try to match young and old type of knowledge, which was Eric Zipper, who's who's really not that young, but also really not that old, and Adam, and then there's Adam Witt, right. There's a little bit more experience and knowledge, right, behind him. Mm-hmm. So he thought that pairing made mm-hmm. sense, which is something that I've been saying on the show for for a while now. You look at teams like Shazam, final uh, Shazam, final exam, corruption. I mean, you look at the dynamics there between an older brain and a little bit of a younger brain, and the success that the type of success that they're having out there. And so Kaiser, with Adam Adam Wynn and Eric Zipper, trying to follow, follow that model in a sense, I think. And it was looking good through the first round. Yeah, right? it was. And then you just, you know, you got to kind of tinker some more. So it'd be interesting to see how Kaiser adjusts his philosophy um, because, you know, there is that, this added wrinkle that, you know, he's not going to have Smets, you know, right. more all more than likely, right? Um, given the things that he's going through. So it means he really has three slots to kind of, you know, figure out what he's going to do. Will he hold on to Parker and Zip and Adam Witt? Are those his, are those his three? I don't know. Depends how he, he switches up his philosophy. If and, he even uh, yeah. if, if he even keeps keeps three. Or yeah, you know, exactly. He might, he, might not, he might just keep one. You know, or two or or none. Or, yeah, or none. He didn't have that to, would be right? dumb. He, and, that he would could be sign. He could sign dumb. three new people. Right, three completely new people. But it'd be very dumb to not <laughs> sign anybody pre-draft. Now, to reiterate, we are speaking about John Kaiser. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page, right? We're talking about John Kaiser? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just playing. Yeah. I'm just giving him some crap. Yeah. Um, what do we have coming up next week? So next week, we have two matches actually next week. And again, you can find the schedule on theshowdownlive.com. We can do that? You can do that. You could always do that, Brad. Always, wait, always, always. Wait, wait. You're telling me the schedule is on theshowdownlive.com? Yeah, were you, were you not aware? Wait, so anytime I want to know what matches is, is next week, I just mm-hmm. got to go to the schmodownlive.com? Yeah. What else correct. can I find on the schmodownlive.com? Y- you can find the faction standings. You can find... The standings are on the schmodownlive.com? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Believe it. Match previews, by the way. Tim Sim, he does match previews. They're, they're over there if you don't find the links in the Facebook Tim group. Sim from Tim the great Sim. state of Texas. Yeah. And Sim the best city. city in the greatest state, That's right. Houston. He is on the schmodownlive.com? Sim City himself, yeah, doing match previews every week. So, uh, over there, there's also stats for every single division. Sup, Star Wars, sorry. Haven't gotten into it. Uh, a lot of history. Is, do you do that or the girl from Cold Action? No, that, 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 this one's me. Yeah, this one's me. Oh, that's you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, I'm just yeah. making sure. This one's and what, me, yeah. and what's, what's, what's the young lady's name who's doing the stats over there? I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you on that. Wow, don't yeah. shade. <laughs> no, no, no. Max is great. Uh, she does a good job, um, amongst other people. I think. Uh, does every stat person have to have nicknames? 
you know, I don't know. But it's kind of is that a, is that a prerequisite? I don't know. I didn't ask for a nickname, but yet you've given yourself several as well. Okay, are we gonna do well, this? I've given you several. Are we, are we gonna do this again? You gi- you've given yourself <laughs> the truth. Yeah, I like I just follow perhaps your lead. the most obnoxious nickname ever. Oh come on, say that to Paul Pierce. Did I say more? Um, Shag gave him that nickname though. Um, oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So again, West Coast Frank, Frankie Numbers, Frankie Stats, Frank Jenga Janish, uh, the tr- Frank the Truth Janish, the Illa Boy from Illinois. What else? Yeah, I should get a shirt with all those on it. I really should. You really, you know, like you know, like they have those black shirts with the white writing. Yeah, yeah. It'll yeah. be like blank, 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 and blank, and blank. Yeah. That's what you should get. Yeah, you should yeah. design one like that. I should. Somebody out there for Frank Janish yeah. design yeah, yeah. the his all his nicknames T shirt. I'll wear that. Those are great names. I mean, come on. It's not, it, could be, it could be worse. I'll just say that. Frankie, it, it could say numbers and stats and uh, what else is you? And truth. And truth. And yeah. Jenga. And Jenga. And <laughs> West Coast. But, and yeah, Illa Boy from Illinois. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those are all good. Or remember remember um, when I tried to throw out there the wind chill? Remember was that the chill fan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky. So I, I, uh, the boat's really been the only thing I've ever had stick with anything. And, um, then, my... and then what's her name is basically taking it from you. Do you want to talk about that? So Nat- Natalia from WWE, yeah. who um, I am – I'm not 90% certain or five, 95% certain. I'm like 100% certain that she got it from me. Um, I even tweeted it to her that she stole it. I mean you still got beef and... with Max Kellerman. So – Well, we all know Max Kellerman's a big capital B-I-T-C. You figure out wow. the rest. You know what I'm saying? Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. Bitcoin? That's – okay. He's a big Bitcoin. <laughs> He's a big Bitcoin. No, I got love for Max Kellerman. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Natty definitely took it from me. But I was saying what matches are coming up next. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you can find on the Showdown Live. TheShowdownLive.com. Right. I was going to get to them, and then you distracted me about everything else that's on – on the site, like the brackets and stuff like that, all the records. That's on the like Yeah, 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 like that stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. Oh yeah. And you, you, and you know, and ranking. Is there merch on the showdownlive.com you or can, is that on Skybound.com? Uh, I think there might be a link through it. Um, but why don't you just go to the showdownlive.com, look around, click around. Doesn't cost anything. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, see what you find. Oh, can I find trivia showdown quick clips over there? No. Where do I find that? You would find that on the YouTube channel. Which one? The, the one you just said. What did I say? You know, the, the, the Clips channel. Oh, and what is it called? Oh, the actual name. Yeah. Of, of, uh... I'm trying to get you to plug stuff. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember the, the name Trivia there. Schmodown Quick Clips. Uh, no, it's, it's not Schmodown. It's, wait, it's Trivia Schmodown Quick Clips, yeah. What matches are coming up next? Wait, right? Frank, you named yeah. it. No, I didn't. <laughs> Who named it? The league. <laughs> <laughs> so, what we have coming up next week is the uh, Odd Couple versus uh, Category 9. That's Brandon Hanna and Jada Paramo representing the Burning Droogs. Uh, that's your early match. Uh, their Patreon drops early, Monday and Tuesday. 
and then debuts uh, worldwide on Thursday, Odd Couple versus Category 9. And then the day after that, that Friday, Friday the 13th, Tom and Paul representing The Den versus Final Exam representing Swag. Huge match for Swag there. They're trying to stay within in that faction race. And then later that evening, we have Showdown Throwdown number 13 headlined by Elliot Dewberry, Josh McCougar, their Wildberries retirement match. Right. And then the undercard for that, it's also another very exciting match. Uh, Jen Kemp will be taking on Video Drew of the Dungeon. It's right. Usual Suspects versus the Dungeon. That's uh, eighth and seventh place in the rankings going head-to-head. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a before, Yeah, a lot of that stick there. Honestly, really, because... That's kind of like some draft position stuff going on there. It's like there is so there's some psychology yeah, at play there. Yeah, interesting uh, place you want to be. But Dewberry Makuga, that's a corruption swag match. Very important. That's possibly two or three points there. That if corruption again is building on this lead, uh, could make it very difficult for Swag or the Finstock Exchange to try and dethrone corruption at the top spot at the end of the year. So you get in these these matches right here, you know. Finstock Exchange had a shot against Stacey Howard with the great Drake match. And Stacey Howard, to get a point or a couple points there, didn't work on their favor. Now Corruption and Swag will have opportunities outside of the tournament again here, like like that match I just re- referenced, to get additional mm-hmm. points before heading off into their uh, their team matches. So, um, well, actually, Swag will technically be playing twice that day with Final Exam and Makuga. So it's going to be a busy day next week. It definitely it be a busy day next week. Oh, on Friday's gonna be Friday, a busy day Friday, next week. Yeah, sure, for sure, for sure. Um, and we'll probably be coming to you live. I'm assuming um, with that. So uh, stay tuned. We'll have an announcement, perhaps live, most likely. Um, I said it was gonna be a barn burner, right? And I've said this a lot, and I have no idea the origin of barn burner. Do you know the origin of barn burner? I'm assuming. No, I don't. I just looked it up, and this is according to Merriam-Webster. Let me put my glasses on so I can look smart. Barn burners were one of two competing factions in the New York State Democratic Party in the middle of the 19th century. The name is an allusion to the story of an old Dutchman who relieved himself of rats by burning his barns, which they infested. That is where barn burner comes from. Wow. Is that not, is that not interesting, though? A little bit. I, I, you learn something new every day, Frank Janish. And, and, and here at the Showdown Rundown, we just taught a whole gaggle of individuals, including ourselves, what the origin of Barn Burner is. This is the kind of content that you tune in for. Yeah. Quick picks. Let's quick pick them. <laughs> let's, let's do it like we do it on Coming Up Next. Who do you have in all these matches? Odd Couple in Category 9. Who you give the edge to? You know what? We've been, we've been making jokes about elections. Give me your polling data. Give me your 60, 40, 35. Yeah, I got an uh, odd couple. I'm going to give them 87% chance to win that match. I am giving the odd couple. I'm actually projecting them right now to win. <laughs> well, I'm projecting <laughs> I'm them to win state. as well. Yeah, I'm yeah, calling yeah. the state for them. I'm yeah. projecting a win for the odd couple. Um, what do we have next? And then it's Tom and Paul versus Final Exam. Now that one... Look, I've said I've, just just something that doesn't sit well with me between the pairing of Tom and Paul. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. It just and we've seen a lot, or a decent amount rather, from Final Exam. They're three and one 
right? They've had some really good matches this year. I think uh, Final Exam is going to eat that one out, though. I think that one that one will be a lot closer. Closer about Total. I think that one will be like a fifty-five fifty. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking like at fifty one forty nine. Yeah, this yeah, might yeah. be one of the this might be one of the uh, matches where we need to do a recount. It's going to be that close. There might neither neither is over fifty percent. We might yeah. have to have to have a mandatory hand recount of this match. <laughs> and I think uh, with Polo Yama pretty much being the most experienced player, I know. Did Lon- you just say Polo Yama? <laughs> oh God, I hope not. <laughs> I think you just. <laughs> I think you just said Polo Yama. Oh, man. Uh, did I spell it P O L L or P O L E? So, <laughs> anyways, um, Paul Oyama, I think being one of the more the most experienced player there. I know Lon's been a little bit in the league a little bit longer than him, but I still think the way Paul has approached the game, I think that is could be a huge deciding factor when facing Tom and Paul, who don't have that much experience playing at such a like a cutthroat high level uh, the way Paul does, and I think that could ultimately um, steer steer the final exam ship in the right direction to come out with the W there. We will see. It's going to be pretty close. Um, and then finally, uh, Video Drew and Jin uh, Kemp, and then our main event of, of Josh McCougar versus Elliot Dewberry. Allow me to go first. I, I just, I'm a big Video Drew fan. I don't know if the polling is in her favor, but I think she's going to pull off the upset. She's going to flip the state, and I'm going to go uh, with Video Drew. You know, this is tough because, man, I, I really would like to see Jen Kemp get a W here. But I think Video Drew needs it more, right? Because this is Jen Kemp's technically her debut. Um, so in terms of who I, man, who do I? Wow, this is a toss-up. We, we, we uh, this is a battleground. This is a battleground. Uh, you know, shoot. All right, all right, Frank. Here we go. Gen Camp. I, I, Gen Camp just keeps. I keep trying to figure out why not to pick Gen Camp. Um, I'm picking Gen. You Kemp. can't come up with. I it. can't come up with it. Yeah, because I think Vito Jude's gonna be is gonna play a hell of a match. But I just for some reason I think Gen Camp is gonna take it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. So let's uh let's continue on. With our um, with our final projection of Mister Josh the Wild Man Makuka versus uh, versus Mister Elliot Dewberry, what are you thinking on this one, Janish? Yeah, from the onset, I, I, I had Elliot Dewberry pack for this win, and uh, I think he's gonna capitalize. I think corruption's gonna keep on keep on corrupting. Keep on corrupting. Does Frank Janish say, and I, I, I'm going to go with the Dewberry on this one as well. I don't feel like the heart is in Josh McCougar to win this match. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. He always brings his best, but I'm going to I'm going to Dewberry this one up. It's not to say that I don't give McCougar a shot. I definitely do. It's not an oh, absolutely because I could I could see him winning this. I really can. I mean, he's he's come back from weird deficits and he's had wins over over legendary players before. Uh, he's played other players really tight and, and competitive. So, yeah, I I think uh, – and then maybe in Elliot's mind, he's like, I can take Josh McCool a little light and a little easy. I don't have to worry too much. And maybe that does him in at the end. Who knows? Who knows? We're going to have to find out. But Frank Janish, you've said a lot. You've said a lot tonight. So much. We both have. Um, a lot has been discussed. 
yeah. pontificated on the meaning of life, hmm. the uh, pursuit of happiness, and um, are we doing I the think... same show? I'm always at that one. All right. Yeah, most weeks I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. But before we wrap up, there's one thing I do want to say. In all seriousness, we've had a lot of fun this show. I do want to, um, since since we are all movie fans and everyone knows that my favorite movie of all time is obviously Back to the Future. Um, we lost a cast member of Back to the Future this week, Elsa Raven. You might know her as Clock Tower Lady. Save the Clock Tower. Save the Clock Tower. Mayor Goldie Wilson is sponsoring an initiative to replace that clock. We here at the Hill Valley Preservation Society want to keep the clock this exact way that it is. Here, lady, here's a quarter. Right? Elsa Raven passed, passed on to the other life, and don't forget to take a flyer with you on your stairway to heaven. Uh, just our condolences to the family, of course, and um, shout out to. Can you think of a more iconic small role player? Honestly. Well, not off the top of my head, but maybe as equally as 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 good. But she, hers is hers is definitely one of those where you, where I I do say from time to time, save the clock tower, save the clock tower. Like this this yeah, prop yeah. is in the movie for all of twenty five seconds, and it's one of the most iconic props from the movie. That sound too, you yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Do you think the audio listeners really hate that? I don't know. Try it again. I know. Now leave a comment, audio listeners. <laughs> they can't because they're listening to the audio version. So, oh well. Yeah, I know. I know the league's a big fan of listening on audio. <laughs> Are you sure? Well, when you say the league, who are you getting at, really? When you say uh, when that. I say the league, I mean why well, let people know where they can find you and follow you. you follow me at Frankie J twenty nine on Instagram and Twitter. And you could follow me at uh, Brad Gilmo on Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, no one really uses Facebook anymore, I don't think. Except to check the movie tree on Facebook group. That's pretty much the only reason. So uh, follow me on those social sites. Check out Back to the Future Podcast Season 7. We're about to be in our fourth, fifth episode of the season already. Jeez, man. Already at the fifth episode of the season. It's been a great season thus far. Shout out to David B. for the new theme. And uh, check out the Brad Gilmore Show. Really cool interview coming up soon with Chris Mulkey. Um, you'll know him from First Blood as well as a multitude of other films. Tell some really cool stories. And then uh, check out the Hall of Fame twice weekly with myself, the five-time WCW champion for the But if, for no other reason. Oh, and check me out. I'm coming up next with Jennifer Stark and Frank. I will see you, my man, next week. Will you? Will live. you? Probably live. Maybe. Maybe. We'll find out. We're still looking at Lincoln County. We're going to see if the votes <laughs> will come in, and that will determine. You know what's, determine you know what's yeah. Do you want to talk about who our president is right now? Oh, yeah. I mean, breaking news. Our president is. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. 
see why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. 